So I was, I was thinking about that and just going, okay, maybe the Lord wants us to, to move and to recalibrate, to reset, and to, to ask him to get our minds uh, into, a new, into a new flow. But really, one of the things that we've got to understand is that actually we are heart creatures. We are spirit creatures primarily. We're alive in spirit. So our minds are actually secondary. They're not primary. And, and we, have, we have a great problem with this because it says, and I, I think I shared it, you know, that the, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't testify with your intellect, doesn't testify with your intelligence, your mental capacity. The Holy Spirit testifies with your spirit. So this, something's going on in a much deeper place. And that's where we've got to learn to live out of, not our minds. And it doesn't, and of course, you all know when I'm talking about this, I don't, I'm not taking anything away from your mind. I'm not saying that your giftedness in your mind and your abilities in terms of your intellectual capacity is diminished in any way. It's not, and God uses all of that. But actually, first and foremost, he's speaking to you in your spirit. And that can go on at the very same time that your mind is going, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I'm not, I'm not going down that road. I don't like that. That doesn't look good to me. That's not what I want to do. So there's a, there's a big thing going on in people's minds all the time. But this is what it says, Ezekiel 36 and verse 26, 27. You know this one. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Okay, so what did you do in that? Nothing. What did God do? Everything. This was a promise about what was going to happen. So what does he say? I give you a new heart. Well, I know, I know that a lot of people struggle with this concept. But when, when, I was, when I got to know Jesus, when Jesus came and visited me, and, and some people who traveled with me, I mean, I might have done it here as well, the, the operation, you know, what really happened was that actually he laid me out and took out of me the heart of stone, literally took it from me. Like it was a proper operation. He visited me, specialist, and came and took out the old heart and put a new heart in. And my spirit became alive again, completely alive. And then he put the Holy Spirit inside me. Because that was all, that all happened in that moment. Everything happened in that moment. And it happens for that for everybody. Everybody. It doesn't matter if you think you feel it or not. That's what actually took place. It's not, there's not, this is not going to take place in heaven. There's nothing else that he can do. He's done everything. So that means that you are a new creature. That's what he says, doesn't it? A new creature. New creation. A new species. You're an alien. <laughs> But you're a new creature, a new, a new species, and you've got a new heart. So where do you live from then? That's the question. Where are you living from? Is it your mind or is it your heart? And of course, the whole point of, the, the whole point of a transformed mind, a renewed mind, is so that your mind, when your spirit and heart hear a direction from the Holy Spirit. The whole point is that your mind is then transformed and renewed in such a way that your mind catches up with your heart. It's not the other way around. It's that your mind catches up with your heart. Your mind's secondary. Your heart's primary. 
But of course, to move out of your heart and to move out of your spirit, that is a different thing than moving out of your mind. Because your mind's going to dictate to you what you can and cannot do. It's going to set rules, it's going to set legislations for you, it's going to say, no, this you can do, this you can't do, this I don't like. You understand me? You've got to know this about you. And then you've got to ask yourself, well, where do I live from? Where am I actually living out of? Where do you live from? Is it from your heart or is it from your spirit? Or is it from your mind? Where is it? So, um, I just thought it would be nice just to take a little, a little moment. You know, this is why the, the psalmist says, Silah, after he's gone through a psalm. There's that little phrase, Silah, pause. Just take a moment and thank him for your new heart and your spirit that is alive. Let's, let's just do that, shall we? Just, just sit into that moment. Father, we want, to, we want to thank you, Lord, that you have given each one of us a new heart. Lord, we want to thank you for that new heart right now. It's not my word, Lord. It's not our word. It's your word. You say it. You have given us a new heart. And we are new creations. All things have become new, Jesus. Thank you for this spirit, Lord, that you have completely made alive as well. Our spirit, Lord, has been made alive in Christ Jesus. Just thank you so much, Lord, for the heart and the spirit that is full of you. Absolutely full, Lord, of you. Streams of living water, Lord, flowing from you in our heart and in our spirit, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live in us. You are within us. Not only everywhere around us, but within us. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you, Lord. Father, we love you. We sit in that new creation, Lord. We sit in that creation, Lord. Beautiful. Everything is beautiful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Drink deeply, Lord. We breathe in, Lord. Breathe in, Lord. Breathe out, Lord. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.
Kilohertz. So. So David, as he was doing, as he was dancing, and just think, just think how challenging that may have been in this solemn procession of the ark. And, you know, they'll have all been dressed up in the Sunday best. But David was like, hey, I'm sensing something else. That's what he was doing. Inside his own heart, something else was going on. And he was looking around and he was looking at all the formality and all the, all, all the reverence and all the... And maybe there's a time for that. Maybe there's a place for it. But for David, it wasn't, it wasn't that day. Huh? It wasn't that day. So I don't know which day it's meant to be, but it wasn't that day. And David starts twirling and whirling. And he's actually recalibrating himself. And of course, I don't know if you understand this, but a lot of, a lot of uh, theologians and, you know, a lot of people believe that David was like a forerunner. So David was actually living in the New Testament from his heart, although he was living in the Old Testament in the actual reality of there and, there and then. So he was trapped in an Old Testament setting, but his heart was New Testament. He was a man after God's heart. Something had happened on the inside of him, and he just loved God, and he couldn't help himself. So now, just imagine the setting. that They've got all the bells and the smells and whatever else they've got, and they're all lined up, and they're all in a solemn procession, and David breaks out. Can you imagine how challenging that was for him? I mean, come on, you know, even on a Sunday morning, it's challenging. Huh? Because people, I don't, I don't know where everybody is on a Sunday morning. We're all in different places. But a lot of the time, people are just sat there going, well, I wonder what's going to happen this morning. Not, not thinking, I'm going to break out. I'm gonna I'm gonna give everything that I've got in my heart to Jesus. So just think how difficult it was for David. So as he starts doing that, he actually starts recalibrating himself internally. He starts because of course in the New Testament, we are the tabernacle. We're the temple. In the Old Testament, they were going to the temple. But the New Testament's quite clear that you are the tabernacle. You're where the ark resides. You understand me? This is New Testament. We're not talking about Old Testament anymore. Lots of people still live in the Old Testament. The New Testament is that the ark of the covenant, the ark of his presence, is in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. He don't like being inside a wooden box. No matter how beautiful it might be, a wooden box, he don't like it. He loves being inside of you and living in your temple, in your tabernacle. Now, of course, in Acts 15, this is the verse that it says there. It says this. Acts 15 and verse 16, it says, After this I will return and rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. So this is in Acts. So this is the New Testament quoting the Old Testament. So, so David was like a forerunner who was showing what it means to rebuild the temple, to restore the temple. So when he was whirling and twirling and dancing before the Lord, and every time that he was obedient to the Spirit of the Lord, something was happening on the inside of him that was resetting him toward God and with God and full of God. Do you understand me? That's what was going on inside him. So how do we recalibrate then? Well, we do whatever he tells us to do, whatever that might be. So it, it may not necessarily be that you have to get up and twirl around and do a dance and all that, but he may ask you to do something and your mind may go, I don't want to do it. 
But listen, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. You're not led by your mind. So as we think about that, I just want to, this is a beautiful song. You all love this song. It's very gentle and beautiful. Um, and it's just dan- dance, dance with the Lord. Just, you know, it's, uh, it's what they call him, Wil- Wilbur. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so just play, play, play that one, Matt, and we'll just enjoy that. And be in, be in what I'm speaking about. Don't be elsewhere. Be in what I'm talking about. Because you want this, don't you? I want it. We want it. More and more, just in us. But it's nearly like you've got to dive into the word, dive into the presence, just be in it, and it's already in you. So it's nearly like you've got to take a step back, just be in the presence of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, just moving on a little bit. Acts chapter 10 and verse 10. And you know that I was talking about this a little while ago. Um, And it's the story of Cornelius and everything that went on for Cornelius, but also for Peter. And it says in Acts 10 and verse, well, let me just read these verses to you because they're, they're wonderful. Acts 10 and verse 10 from there. Then he became very hungry, this is Simon Peter, and wanted to eat. But while they were made ready, he fell into a trance. That's interesting, isn't it? Praise the Lord. I'm up for that. And saw heaven opened, and an object like a great sheep bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again. So this is a beautiful passage, isn't it? And, and this, is, this, is the, this is the real crux of the matter. So Peter has a trance. So something's going on in his spirit. Something's happening to him that is beyond himself. And in a trance, he sees a vision. And in the vision, he sees a sheet. And in this sheet, he sees all these animals, which include unclean animals uh, at which he hears this voice Peter get up kill and eat and his mind goes no I'm not going to do it nowhere God shows him this thing three times but still in his mind he's going no I'm not going to do it so these two things are going on in his spirit God is speaking to him clearly and he's having, a, he's having an experience, an encounter in his spirit that is taking him beyond this physical reality here to something other. But his mind, at the very same time, is saying no. Um, <clears throat> so Peter was thinking... His mind was busy trying to work out what was going on. Trying to figure things out. Whilst all this is going on in his mind, the spirit's communicating at a completely different level. Okay? So it's your spirit that's alive to God. It's your heart that thinks, as a man... As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. 
Not in his mind. As a woman thinks, in her heart, so she is. Not in her mind. So, the Spirit had obviously spoken to him enough. But his mind was having this huge discussion with him. But the Spirit was not going to discuss it anymore. The Spirit was not going to say it again and again and again. He'd already said it. And it was going to happen. Whether the question was, would Peter be part of the happening? Would Peter be part of this movement that the Spirit was clearly in? And of course, the beautiful thing here is that he says, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Well, what has God cleansed? What has he cleansed? He's cleansed everything. He didn't, he didn't leave anything. I mean, it's beautiful, isn't it? He's cleansed everything. What was unclean is no longer unclean. Nothing. Nothing. Because he cleansed it all. Which is why I love that song. Everything is beautiful. It's, it's one of the songs that when I, when I go around, I, I, I sometimes, when I get a little bit tired, I, I put that on. So I, it's just for me. It's not for anyone else. Just so I can listen to it. But, but of course, everything is beautiful. It's, it's just that we don't yet see as he sees. But when he sees, he sees it all beautiful. Which is when, you know, when, when, he, when we look at someone that's a blind man, he sees someone that sees. Because he's seeing past. He's seeing past that, but he's also seeing before that. This is just a momentary, and it may well be a reality, but it's just for a moment. It's, it's all gone. As far as Jesus is co concerned, it's all gone. Everything is beautiful. It's beautiful, isn't it? Everything is beautiful. And that's what that little verse, what, what God has cleansed, it's no longer common. It's beautiful. So, I think there's a time coming, I really do believe this as well, and it's going to be a massive challenge. There's a time fast approaching where people are going to have to be really tuned in to the Holy Spirit. Massively tuned in to the Holy Spirit. Because I think we're just entering into a time where God himself, not, not me, I'm, I'm not saying it as me, I, I believe that we are entering into a time where God himself is going to go, okay, everyone who wants to get into what is coming has to begin to live by my spirit. Not enough to sing about it, not enough to pray about it, not enough to... Anything else that we've been doing for years and years, it's like, now. Now, we're going to start living by the Spirit. Sunday school is finished. It's finished. Now, we're going to have to start being people of the Spirit. And of course, the Word as well, but you understand me, for, for so many years... The, the, the word has been preached in season and out of season. So, so much time given on it. And those who have received it, then actually it's begun to change their mind. But those who have not received it have remained in the same place. And they might even go, oh, it's a beautiful word, it's a wonderful word. Thank you for the word, thank you for the word, thank you for the word, thank you for the word. But actually... When the word's living, it's living. He's living in us. So it's like, okay, we're coming to this time where all these things are going to sink together. And it's, it's a beautiful time. But, but we're going to have to just, in order, and, and what do we have to do? We don't have to do anything. That's the other thing, isn't it? That's also really important right now. We are good at doing a lot of things. You know, even in meetings, we're good at doing a lot of things. But actually, before, before you start doing, you have to sit back, sit 
like back into yourself because that's where the Spirit of God is flowing inside you. And relax, do a little bit of silah and, and live out of the Spirit inside your spirit. That's what's going to have to begin to happen more and more. And when you listen to the Word, of course, yes, you will, you will write notes and you'll take those things. But more than that, you will pull it into yourself, into your spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies with your spirit. The anointing is on the inside of you. You were anointed to know all things. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 2. You are anointed to know all things. Why? Are you, are you some kind of special dudess or dude? Or are, are, you, are you extra? Well, yeah, actually you are. But it's the Holy Spirit that's made you that. He lives on the inside of you. And he wants to teach you all things. All the things that you need to know that pertain to life and godliness. He wants to teach you all of those things that you need to know. Where does he teach you those things? He teaches you those things in your spirit, first and foremost, and then your mind. Do you understand me? It's that way around all the time. It's not the other way around. So somehow you've got to drink. We've got to learn how to drink as, as, as we are more and more, but we've got to learn how to drink. How to be, not doing all the time, but being and just receiving and then giving from that place without the strife, without all the hassle. So I was, I was saying to someone the other day, I'm, I, I'm just like just getting into a whole new place right now. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Honestly, it's like. It's like this interface that I have. I can see this interface. It's like, whew. All, all these things inside me are coming together at the right time. It's like, so I can begin to understand what's going on in my feelings. I can also begin to understand what God's saying in my spirit. And at the same time as that, I can get words in my mind. And it's like, it's, it's like, um, has anyone seen the Iron Man? Uh, what is it, the Iron Man? And he, 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 has this, he has this, like, screen in front of him, and he just pulls these things in, and it comes up on the screen. It's a, that's the only way that I can explain it. But it's absolutely fantastic. It's like this interface that's going on, and I'm going, wow, that, that's beautiful. Lord, what is that? I like that. But I think it's because... I've learned how to listen to him in my spirit as well as allowing the word to transform my mind. And at the same time, because I've journaled and learned how to do that stuff, I know what's actually going on in my feelings. And of course, if you wrap that with a little bit of discernment about what's going on with other people, then actually you get a pretty good mix, which is nice, isn't it? And, and instead of it being very supernatural, it just becomes more and more natural. Because it's how you live. It's how you interact with people. It becomes more and more normal. Well, that's for all of us, everyone. That's, I'm pretty sure that's what Jesus did all the time. All the time. So, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. They are not led, let me say it again, by their incredible intellectual ability. They are not led by their academic brilliance. They're not led through their theological learning. And they're not led through the talent or their abilities. They're led by the Spirit. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Do you understand me? That, that's, isn't it beautiful that God has decided that that's how it's going to be? Because it's not to do with you. It's to do with him being the source in you. It's a beautiful thing. 
the Spirit of God, the life transformer, the union maker. He's the union maker. He makes union. That's what everyone longs for, isn't it? That's what everyone longs for. Real oneness, real union, transparency, vulnerability, sharing, life together. That's what you all long for. Every single person here, you don't long for anything other than that. That's the desire. That's like the overwhelming desire in us. And it is a lie. It's an illusion to say that you're alone. We've, we've got to stop saying these things that we're alone, that, you know, we're forsaken. No, we're not. We're never going to be forsaken. We're never going to be left alone, ever. Because he's in us. He's in us. He's never leaving us. So, I, I just put this. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised after all these years. Are we, becoming, are we becoming more in him? Or are we becoming more in ourselves? And of course, in a sense, even I said this earlier tonight, that you have to take a step back and be in yourself. But that's only because he is in you. So it's nearly like you've got to get into this pool of consciousness about who you really are in him. Not who you really are without him, but who you really are in him. And then you've got to marinate in that. Because these promises are just on a piece of paper here. There's nothing about these promises that will do you any good as long as they stay on this piece of paper. Do you understand me? There's no magic, this is not a magic book. It's not like you go abracadabra. No, it's not like that. The, the, somehow these verses, you, you've got to marinate in them. You've got to take a moment and go, thank you, Father. Thank you that before the world was ever created, I was found to be in you. Thank you, Father, that before all the stars and the universes were stung, flung out there, you saw me. And that you love me. That you love me so much that you set me apart. You kissed me. And that right then, right back then, and I can't remember it, Lord, but right back then, you gave me everything that I would ever need. It was right seeded right into me right back then. And you saw everything. And you, you saw the time that I would be here. You knew my times. You knew everything about my life. And not only that, but you gave me faith, Father, for this time right now. Your faith you put on the inside of me. And with that faith, I can grow and see wonderful things taking place. Father, I marinate in that. I marinate in it. I just... I just want to be there. I just want to live there, in that place right there. That's it. See yourself right there. That's it. Just, just let that life surround you and fill you. And thank you, Father. We love you so much. Thank you, Father. Oh, you saw us, Lord. You knew us. Everything about us. Everything, Lord, that's going on, you know it right now, Father, and I want to thank you. You filled us with your faith and with your love and with your goodness, Lord. And we marinate in it, Lord. And Lord, we want this for our children and our children's children, Lord. We want to be found in you, to be known by you. To know that love, that overwhelming love, Lord. We thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord. We receive it, Jesus. We receive all that you are. Thank you, Father. Beautiful. Beautiful.
what amazes me, what amazes me is, is that so many of us, like, and I mean the church in general, when we first started out with Jesus, and of course, I'm not saying this about me because it's never happened for me. I, I, I've been in love with Jesus every minute that I've known him. I've never not loved him. And he's never not loved me because he loves me all the time. So I'm, I'm like, I'm on fire for Jesus all the time. I'm just getting more on fire for him. I just don't understand it. It's just grace, isn't it? Same for you as well. <laughs> you just got to believe it, that's all. <laughs> it's the exact same for everyone in this room. But it's like, I don't understand what happens with people because it's like, you know, we, we go backwards instead. It's a bit like Paul said. He said, are you so foolish that when you started in the spirit that now you're going to try and be uh, successful in the flesh? It's nearly like things are birthed out of the spirit. Wonderful things happen out of the spirit. And then because we don't actually, we don't rely on him as we should do, we actually continue in the flesh. It amazes me. People, people say to me, and I, 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 don't, I don't really understand it because I, I kind of go, well, hang on a minute. The only thing that you've ever known and ever seen is God working. And God's worked in your own life. God's worked in other people's lives. It's the Holy Spirit. There's nothing else, really, that you've witnessed but that. Why in all the world would you want to go and spoil that by more learning? Why, why, why you want to fly off to theological college and get a degree as though somehow that's going to do you some good? I've seen people go off the rails by going to theological college. Really because something happens because the learning, the mind takes over. Instead of the spirit, it's like the mind takes over. And then we, we've got uh, five major ways of how the Lutherans do things or how this lot do things or this lot. And it's like it takes over the mind and you go, what, what are you doing? You don't need to do any of that. You started in the spirit, carry on in the spirit because he is the one who teaches you all things. I, I honestly have got, I have got, and, and you'd be impressed if I brought, you really would be impressed if I brought all my certification no, honestly, I, I, you'd be impressed because I've got more than you. Honestly, theological stuff coming out of my ears because in the beginning, I thought that it would be good for me to have things that I could put on my wall so that when people came in to see me, they'd know how brilliantly good I was. No, honestly, though, this is, this is something happens with us. We, we lose ourselves in the world's way of doing things and we make compromises about it. And it's like suddenly because the world say that you have to be trained in such and such a way, well, now we have to be trained like that. The world says it has to be like this, so now we have to do this. And what happens? More and more compromises. And yet I have never seen God fail anywhere in any situation with anyone any place. I've never seen him fail ever yet. Doesn't matter who I have been talking to, God always knows what's what. Huh? So, so why, why do we, why do we, it, it's something to do with the mind. It's something to do with, I have, I, I'm not confident enough in God, so I've got to get this and this and this. Now, I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't have to learn a little. You can learn a little. But if it's for any other reason than God said it, you should drop it immediately because it'll kill you. Because I'm telling you now, it's only the Holy Spirit that gets people free. Nothing else. Nothing else. No other. Nothing else. You can have certification coming out of your ears and it won't help anyone get free. Truly, it won't. And you can know all the psychological stuff and the... Oh, yeah, you can evaluate and do all sorts of things and blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, you can waste your money on that stuff. In the end, it's God that gets you free. God got you free, Amen. didn't he? He got you all free. God did it. Yeah. Huh? Beautiful. Glad we agree about it. 
Because I just look and I go, compromise after compromise for the church. That's, that's what it's like when I look at the church now. We've lost. We've lost something. What is it we lost? We lost this ability to love and move in Holy Ghost, didn't we? Oh, I can't. This, this is interesting. I found this one. This is beautiful. The Mirror Bible. If you haven't got it, get it because it's really good. It says the day, this is what Paul says. He says, the days when I needed letters to endorse my authority are over. We are not in a competition showing off our credentials. It's, uh, sorry, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1 to 5. Some insist on certificates. I do not see any relevance in it. Neither do I require a note of recommendation to you or from you. Instead of an impressive certificate framed on my wall, isn't it beautiful this? I have you framed in my heart. You are an epistle written within us, an open letter speaking a global language. You see, this is it, isn't it? This is, this is the testimony of Jesus in people's lives. It never fails. It never fails. You don't need anything else. You just need that testimony. And your own life is an epistle. Who can doubt that? Who can say anything against it? And even if they do, who cares? You know what he's done. Huh? You know what he's done. You were an epistle written within us. An open letter speaking a global language. One that everyone can read and recognize as their mother tongue. It's beautiful, isn't it? Just fascinating. The fact that you are a Christ epistle shines as bright as the day. But you've got to know that. You shine as bright as the day. You do. Everything's beautiful. You're lovely. you just got to know it. And then you've got to receive it, and then you've got to walk in it. Really. Now, I've seen, I, this is what I'm telling you now. I've seen and I've known the Holy Spirit move in this place, in our hearts, out of our hearts, in this place, powerfully. And still I've seen people walk out of that back door without actually receiving it. Why? Because they were sat in their own, shall, can I say it, self-pity. In their own little world going, what happens if I lose this? A lot of people think that if they lose something that's been there for years and years, that they lose their identity. No, you lose the thing that's been killing your identity. Do you understand me? But some people don't want to let go of it because if they let go of it, what will I have? Well, you'll have Jesus. You'll have life. You'll have love. You won't lose anything ever. It's an impossibility to lose what he's given you. It's never going anywhere. But you'll lose everything else that's killing you. And sometimes I, I, I think at, at, at the end of the meetings and I see people walk out and I think, you know what? You could have just received. You could have just sat there and receive. That's all you needed to do. You could have received it. But somehow, nah, I didn't want to. That's why Jesus asked those tough questions like, what do you want me to do for you? Well, I'm blind. Yeah, but you might want your headache taken away. What, what do you want me to do for you? Well, I don't want... I've, I've actually prayed for someone who actually said, I don't want to be healed because if, if, if I get healed, I'll lose all my benefits. And you go, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, but they've had benefits all their life. And suddenly, if they get out of a wheelchair, they won't get the benefits anymore. It's a complete new life. And this, and this, is, the, this is the issue. These are the things that we have to deal with. It's the mind that brings those things, huh? Listen, he goes on, he says, uh, this is what our ministry is all about, the Spirit of God, the living ink. We have not reached this conclusion by any merit of our own. Of God's doing, are we made competent? It is God's signature in our spirit that authorizes New Testament ministry. That's beautiful, isn't it? That authorizes New Testament ministry. In other words, it's what God does inside, in your spirit, that authorizes you to go out and to share with people. It's nothing else. We are not qualified by a legal document endorsed by a fellow human. 
Why, why am I sharing this, you might ask? And the, the reason that I'm sharing this is because it's becoming more and more clear to me in these days who really perceive, who discern, who recognize what God's doing. It's becoming more and more clear. It's becoming more clear who has a real relationship with Jesus. It's becoming more clear. It's becoming more clear who are real leaders in the church. It's becoming more, more clear. These days are showing it all up. And I'm going, thank you, Jesus. It's beautiful. Because the church is coming to a new place. Huh? Everything else is going. He says this in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 13. He says, The impact of our words are not confined to the familiar wisdom of the world taught by human experience and tradition, but communicated by seamless spirit resonance. Loved it. Let me say it. Seamless spirit resonance combining spirit with spirit. Spirit just knows spirit. Do you get what I mean? It just knows. It doesn't need any. It just knows. So someone who's in the spirit knows someone who's in the spirit. They just know. Don't, don't need anything else. There's a resonance. There's a, there's a frequency. And it, you, just, you just know it. Just there. It's beautiful. So, this is what it says. Acts chapter 10 and verse 20 so this is what the Holy Spirit says to Peter. Arise, go down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Okay, so Holy Spirit knows that Peter's doing what? Doubting everything. That's what he knows. And, and, and it's, it, it's fantastic to me that we are made in such a way that at one and the same time, I can... Know what's going on in the spirit and also know that something's going on in the mind at one and the same time. I've just got to get good at recognizing what is the spirit and what's the mind. And when the mind says, no, 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 I've got to slap it down straight away. Straight away. Your mind is not the headquarters of your life. It's not. No more. And you have got to say now, you've got to say it now to yourself. Mind you are not permitted to be number one any longer. Spirit, you're number one. Heart, you're alive to God. I give you every right to live through me, Holy Spirit, in my spirit and in my heart. Mind, you will get in the right order. You'll get in the right order. You will not dictate to me any longer. Because I'm a spiritual, alive in Christ person. A new creation. Beautiful. This, this is also, in these days, it's made me, it's, it interests me this. You know, you, that actually, if you think about, so we've got everything, haven't we, at our fingertips. We've got the World Wide Web, so we can search everything. We can find out this, that, and the other thing. And that's all fine, but actually all the time, part of me goes, you know what? Holy Spirit, he searches everything, even the deep things of God, and brings them into my heart and into my mind so that I might know. But what do we do? We have become this fast food, eating tech people that just got everything at our fingertips, and now if we don't get it immediately, we don't, it's not good enough. But I tell you, he communicates with you in your spirit any time that you want to ask him. Yeah. And he knows, believe me, he knows. 
And this is one, one thing that I've known always, and that is, you know, lots of people, when they, go, when they go on trips and they go various places, you know, and it's, it's like a ministry trip or they're going somewhere to, to, to share life with other people that, you know, well, you've got to know what it's like over there. Well, there may be some, there may be some uh, good idea in that. But you know what he's always said to me? He said, Paul, don't read the newspapers. Don't listen to the BBC. Don't, don't get your information from out there because if you do that, it'll block your mind and you will not, when I speak to you in your spirit, your mind will go, yeah, but surely this is what they said. Surely this is what they said. Surely this is what they said. And it'll stop you from doing anything that I ask you to do. You see, that's what we do all the time, don't we? We do, honestly. We listen to all of it. And he's going, yeah, but I want to testify to your spirit that not only does Jesus live, but Jesus knows everything. He knows it. And it's, it's all, I, I mean, he's good. He's just good. Um, so, the doubt comes from the mind. The mind is being renewed and transformed and eventually will get to a place where it catches up with your heart and your spirit. The, the issue for you, though, as it is for me, is fear. Because, <laughs> strangely, when God asks you to do something and go somewhere or not to do anything and just be with him, it's never in a way that you'd like it to be. Never. He's, he's always taking you to a, another place so that your obedience comes into play and your faith comes into play because you're, you're full of faith. So he wants you to use faith. It's, it's never, he never just allows you to sit in the same place. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. Do you understand me? Even if you are sat in the same place. He's always going to be challenging you in some way because that's how you grow. And you want to grow, don't you? You've told him, I want to grow, Lord. I, wa I want to be this man or this woman of God. Well, hey, this is a scary, scary place to be then. It's a scary place to be. But it's a good place. It's good scary, if you know what I mean. Um... Obedience to the Spirit, this is what Peter was recognizing. That if he wanted to be part of what God was just about to do, he didn't have a choice. He did have a choice, but he didn't have a choice. You know, it's, it's, that, it's that strange place, isn't it, like where Jesus says, okay, we're going to the other side. Get in the boat, boys. Well, did they, had a, did they have a choice? I don't know if they had a choice. But they all got in the boat, and they're all going to the other side. Aren't they? And it's like, do, do I really have a choice or don't I have it? Well, actually, all you need to know is I'm going to be obedient. Whatever he says, I'm going to do it. Whatever he says. But how many times have you missed what he said? How many times? But you've got to relax into him and just go, Jesus, if you say it, it's going to be beautiful. I mean, I, I, I remember getting, getting that word for the president of Paraguay. It was a rap. A rap, for goodness sake. I mean, he's the president, Lord. He's the president. And it wasn't just one verse, it was six. Like, what? He's the president. He wears a tie and a suit. What, what am I going to do? Yeah, no, but honestly, it's like, I, really? Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> I really do mean it. Huh? And I didn't understand half of it. I mean, that's even worse, isn't it? I didn't understand what I was writing. But the first minister were crying his eyes out because he understood it. And I'm going, wow, that's neat. And I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a comfortable place to be in. I was, last, last weekend, I was, I was down with David Freeman down at a, a conference. Was it last weekend? Yeah, it was. And it was, 
you know, it's surrounded by educational people who are highly intellectual and highly trained and everything else and, you know, ministering all over the world. And for one of the girls, I had a, like a, I, I got into this moment where I like, oh, no, that's good, Lord. I'm, I'm, and I realized that I were writing like a song. Like, oh, no, <laughs> really? Do I have to sing this? And of course, she, she was in the Netherlands, so I had to sing it while streaming. It's like, oh, no, Lord, beautiful song, beautiful song. Just go, holy ghost, you are something else. Huh? Minister to me. Huh? Uh, incredible. But you've got to put yourself out there. But everyone's afraid. Everyone's afraid. If, you, if, if people weren't afraid, there'd be all sorts of stuff happening all the time. There would. But we're all afraid. Our mind goes, no, 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 you can't do that. Oh, no, no, you mustn't do that. Oh, no, don't do that. And, and because we allow that, we're actually being disobedient. Whilst we could actually be obedient, and someone, somewhere, could get amazing blessings from it. Huh? Romans 8 verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So once this life begins to flow up into your mind, and your mind has now, you know, it's, it, it comes to a different place, you actually begin to think nice thoughts about people, about situations. You're not thinking really horrible thoughts all the time. You're thinking really nice thoughts. So, so you, you might think, oh, well, he thinks this and this about me. You've no idea. My, my mind's like a honeycomb of golden, beautiful stuff. Honestly. Honestly. And I, I, you, you just go, okay, this can happen for all of us. Every single one of us. Jesus can come into your multi-cinema complex. And you've got to open up the doors wide and say, Jesus, you can watch every show that's going on right now. Every show. Go into every place and watch it all. Because it's all beautiful. Huh? Don't you want that? Don't we all want it? More and more? A little honeycombed mind full of golden beauty. I mean, no, but isn't it beautiful that? We can have that. That's yours for the taking. It's yours. But you've got to allow that life in your spirit and your heart to flow into your mind. You've got to, you've got to allow that mind to massage that life to massage your mind, marinate your mind with good, golden, beautiful juice that's flowing from the heart that's filled with love. And you, you see, the thing is, the more that you think about it, and the more that you say it, and the more that you do it, the more you become it. It's a beautiful thing. So this is a season of relearning to be led by the Spirit. Recalibration is Spirit-led. It's not you trying to do something. Not you trying to sort things out. The only way you and I can do this, do it, is just to let Him loose within us. Receive His love. Receive His life. And this, this is an interesting one. I think I mentioned it the other night. Romans 8 verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption. You received the spirit of adoption. Okay. So what does that mean? That means what? So whenever you feel fear, you just go back into that place and go farther. Before the world was ever created, you adopted me. As your son in Christ Jesus, I'm adopted. I belong to you. You are mine and I am yours, Jesus, and we belong together and we'll always be together. Huh? Do you understand me? There's, something, there's, there's a place where people have got to stop fighting and start living in the truth that is theirs. It's, it's not only here. This is just a book. 
And please, I love the book, but the power of the book is here. It's in here. The life of it is in here. You know, I, 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 of course, I love the book, and it's never-ending, isn't it, with all its secrets and beauty and treasure, but actually, I don't need the book because I've got the life. I've got the life. If the book were taken away, oh, of course, I'd be upset, but actually, I've got it. I've got the life. You know, it's a, bit, it's a bit like, you know, someone gets the cross taken off them, oh, you know, that they've been wearing that. Well, yeah, of course, you're upset because you've had your cross taken off you, but hey, the cross lives in you. Huh? That's it. That's it. You are this life-giving person because the success of the cross is living in you. Huh? It's a bit like that, isn't it? Somehow we've got to live this life in a different way. And we've got to relax into it first and foremost. So, I, uh, can we just play that song and just, yeah. So, that's what I wanted to share. don't want to share anything else. I just want us to, I can't remember this. I think this is called, what's it called, Matt? Hey? No, nothing else. This is beautiful. And just as we, as we listen to it again, I just want to encourage you. You know, thankfully, there haven't been loads of people here tonight. There's just us. So it's very, very private and beautiful and lovely. So you can just enjoy it, can't you? You don't have to worry about lots of people looking at you. Just enjoy it and be in the moment. And yes, we don't know the, we, don't, we might know the song. I can't remember. But whether we do or we don't, it's a beautiful song. Just enjoy it. So let me just pray. You've put it on in the background, Matt. That. Father, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you so, so much, Father. And Jesus, I want to thank you as well for absolutely everything that you have done. 